Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, November 17th, 2023. I'm your host, Ephraim Jr., and today we pulled Girl Disappearing. Five, four, I'm excited that this song came out of the bag before I vacate my role. So I had to bring the most disappearingest girl I know onto the show. And her name is Jack Foster. Hi, Jack. I I think this is perfect that this song came up because you are literally the girl disappearing (laughs) in the story. I am working my hell on the red carpet. You know, (laughs) how are you? I'm well. I'm well. Um, How about yourself? I'm good. Should we reveal to the audience that the only reason we haven't dropped the entirety of the Strange Little Girls season is because we're waiting on the logo? Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why you're not getting it until March. Uh, But it's difficult because she's so many different women. She is. She's every woman. She's every girl. If you're in a pickle, she's twins. Exactly. And those girls have technically disappeared. So we're right on theme today. (laughs) (laughs) What have you been up to? Jack Foster is our logo designer, resident artist. Hi, Jack. Glam Squad. uh, Part of the Glam Squad hashtag. I know from listening to the show that several other creatives follow this. So uh, I'm at the tail end of a project. I'm at the kind of, I think, like mm, final two weeks. My process is probably similar to your process. When you hit like a knot in the wood, I just kick it like don't get don't let momentum get stymied. Just kick it down the road. Yeah. But then when you get to the final two weeks of a project, it is nothing but all the stuff you've kicked down to the uh, end of the yeah. road. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's a frustrating time because it's it's in theory, it requires the most high level focus problem solving because these are the harder problems to solve. Um, and it's also when you are sort of like slightly exhausted with the mm-hmm. product, you know, like you're so sick of looking at it or in your case, hearing it or whatever your your medium is. So it's like you, when you have the least sort of love and patience for the project, but when it requires the most, it's the most difficult to wrangle. So I'm just locked in on that. And also, I think probably, you know, this too, just getting something finished is a sprint. And I feel like I've been sprinting for like six weeks and I'm, oh man, I'm weary. That's sort of a metaphor for the song too, though, right? Disappearing right in front. I mean, if working on a creative project, like how you say, like at the end, it's a sprint, but like you also have to have like the most energy when you have the least energy. How do you mm-hmm. how do you manage that? I mean, I think you don't. You just sort of like the deadlines of deadline. You have to be done when you have to be done. <laughs> yeah. The bell goes off. Although, let me know if you identify with this. People will talk about like an individual piece. Like say, take visual art. I always liken it to like a love affair. Like mm-hmm. when you start on it, you just want to spend all your time working on it. You're so filled with ideas about it. You're so engaged in it. And then like by the end of the process, I never want to look at it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the same kind of person. So I think sometimes creative projects, they outlive that sort of like goodwill period. So like by the end, you're, you're stuck finishing something that you in some cases actively hate. You know, you have to put the, the bow on it. And, and so how do I manage it? I don't know, man. I, what I do is I go on a podcast like this and then bellyache about it. <laughs> <laughs> but let me turn the tables. Well, I want to tell you how I manage it. If I'm directing a play amongst my circle of collaborators, I'm definitely known for this, is that... I don't ever direct the ending of the play until I can see the whole thing sort of play out. I'll like have like a a dummy ending, but like until I see the whole thing rehearsed and like really well acted, I realize what needs to happen at the end. So actually, that that makes so much sense to me. I think that that makes perfect sense. Oh, great. 
I have two questions for you. Thank you for that insight. I think that's really, uh, I like that idea because in a perfect system, stuff gets discovered along the way and you always want to have a little room for it to sort of be incorporated in, in at the end. The proverbial wiggle room. Yeah, you're building that into the process. Which room I think to is- wiggle. Two questions for you, Eve. I'm really curious why you're, uh, why is this girl disappearing? Uh, you know what? I cannot separate this song from the person that I know that it's about. So I think this is the greatest testament. One of, I have to like really examine it, but one of the greatest testaments to unconditional love in Tori's catalog when she sings, because she sings the refrain as if from the girl's perspective. So I'm running to a constellation where they can still see you. And then at the end, she says, from Tori's perspective, so I'm running too, if that's a consolation, because I can still see you. Like this girl who thinks that no one can see her and she's running to find someone that can see her. The whole time Tori's been running alongside her, seeing her. It's like footprints, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. It's because I carried There was just you. one pair of Prada footprints that was exactly. Tori carrying you. <laughs> exactly. You get it. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. So you said you know who this is about. This is about I do. How, oh. Someone in the Tory community, a fan. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, how many fans? I'd say like what? How many fans have actually made it to the constellation of songs? But honestly. So it's like Greg. Greg. Greg's in there. <laughs> yeah, Greg is in there. But this fan, I was there. I think in the audience. I mean, in the meet and greet, the moment that I feel like this song came. Because I've told the story before, and I'll tell it again on this episode, but we were in the Houston meet and greet in 2003, and I, or no, 2005, sorry, and I was working on Hotel Solo, you know, I was really working on Hotel Solo, so I was, mm-hmm. I, that was the day that I gave her this, like, storyboard drawing that I had done <laughs> of how, like, to, how she could po- potentially work out Hotel Solo. Anyway... I was behind my friend and when Tori went down the meet and greet line and talked to my friend and said, hi, you know, everything. They talked for a very long time. Like in five, I, when I say five minutes, it doesn't sound like a long time, but meet and greet time, you know, that's precious meet and greet time. <laughs> so they talked for about five minutes and then my friend and then Tori went on to other people and like reached past my friend and my friend literally kneeled down, like just kind of, I wish I could show you, but like slunk down to the ground. You know how like Homer backs up into the bush? Right, 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 right. Did that except for like on their knees, like went down to their knees. And Tori stopped what she was doing, stopped reaching for the other fan, stopped getting the thing to sign or whatever, and went to my friend and lifted her up and said, don't do that. Don't ever do that. Don't you disappear for anybody. And then she stood them up and I was like, oh my God. And when this song came out later and, and my friend had told me that she said that this was about them. I saw I saw it. I was like, oh, my God, I was there that day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, um, you know what? I did not know that in the backstory, although I think it, it is very it's evident in the song. You don't have to know the person to get it from the song. But when I'm when I asked, why is this girl disappearing? I meant, why are you leaving this show? Oh, me. <laughs> you know what? I have done this show for four years. Thank you for asking. Um, I've done this show for four years. I never intended to do the show at the beginning. This was a show, a platform we created so that David could have a daily platform to... Because David has really deep thoughts on these songs. And so we created this platform for David, but eventually it became my platform. And it ended up being the greatest like gift in my life. Like an audio journal to check in every day with an audience that actually like gave a shit about me. I And I had like... Tough times along the way, like personally, and this this show really, really helped me to sort of heal some wounds. But I think now 
Rose did such a good job on our touring show. And I really liked Rose's idea for what she could do with the show. And I really want to take a step back so that I can work on the catalog. You know, I feel like to keep going on this show, I mean, it's been four years would be repetitive even more than I have been repetitive. You know, I I, I want people to, ha- I want different voices. Also, Drive All Night, the whole thing is a community project. It would be so stupid and boring if it were just me and David. We invite people onto the shows so that, because it's a community project. It's really about everybody's love for Torimus. And so... If I take us back to when we were talking about the creative process, you know, they say there's a thing that people say when you need that person, that person appear when the student is ready, the teacher appears, that Mm. person I needed in that life uh, Mm. at that time in my life. um, Mm -hmm. I'm not speaking for myself, but a person could say I just gone through a divorce. I met one of my old college friends. She was still single. We would just go out and she was the perfect go out partner. And uh, like at that time in my life, when that was the person I need, that was the person who came forward. And I think if you apply that creatively. I think sometimes there are certain projects that like what animates this is the events in my life around it. Yeah. And that's what makes it thrilling and gives it that first home. Uh, a French word I s- said like an Italian person. But also, I think like part of being an artist is also knowing when to move on. Yeah. Well, not move on, but like, you know, you apply your energy into a different, you know, like, oh, that was the thing then. And now I want to do this or focus more on this or give more bandwidth to this and less to that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it's it's a good I, I I think that's great. It's great to hear that it was that for you. And I also I just want to as an aside, one of the podcasts that I uh, really made me fall in love with podcasts was uh, Julie Klausner, who did Difficult People on Hulu, 100 um, percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. She had her own podcast. I think um, How Was Your Week? It, in the sort of heyday of podcasts, it was a kind of an outlier because it was just her doing monologues. She didn't have a partner. She wasn't bouncing off of somebody and she didn't have a topic. She would just sort of catch up with you. How was your week? Here, here was mine. And I think sometimes, I don't know this to be true, but I think she was like laying on her bed, looking up at her ceiling, talking into a microphone. Like it just felt oh. very, I, <laughs> I like a lot of different podcasts that I go to them for different things, but I loved the intimacy of that. Mm. Uh, intimacy sounds like a cheap word. Um, I love the like- The little peek in. Yeah. I, I mean- what else are we doing if we're not connecting with people? And that felt like such a genuine connection. I love you, Jack. Oh, I love you too, Eve. Two things you said. One, like, what are we doing if not connecting? You're so right. Like, all it is is about the connection and other people. For me, anyway, like, that's what interests me in this world. And then secondly, the phrase that you used, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Is that what you said? It's not my phrase. I got it from Madonna. Oh, 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 well, she's very wise. Bitch, she's Madonna. If you listen to the press around Ray of Light, I think in particular, anytime <laughs> she brought up nothing really matters. That um... I recently said the fascist state of Toronto. Do you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, okay? No, but when the student is ready, the teacher emerges. That's how I feel like for this podcast, but that's how also I feel like in my life. If I were to like examine the events of the last few years... So, yeah, I think that that is really a, a true statement and a meaningful statement. I kind of do think like there's a like there's this process when you're young and you mature <sighs> and then there's a process from maturing to aging. I don't like I mean, I know people have issues with that word, but like it's the sort of difference between like you're already, a, you know, a functional adult making the best decisions you can. But then it sort of gets sharpened you know hopefully you know you you make better decisions and know more about the world and understand and shut up and listen and and i kind of think that like being in tune with like what's the thing i need what's the thing i'm looking for what's my medicine now 
seek medicine and find the medicine you need. But to tie it to Girl Disappearing, I'm going to say I love this song. I think it's beautiful. I think it's one of the highlight songs on Talpasi. Well, I think it's all to say. And what we can take into our weekend is what sticks out to me is just the idea of like seeing someone of like this woman feeling erased, this person like going through something, feeling erased, living a life that might not be truthful to them, and then grappling with like, what is their reality and what is their truth? And so as we take it into our weekend, what can we learn from that, Jack? Well, someone sees you. Someone's looking for you. Someone's looking for you. Someone sees you. And I kind of think that like, uh, when I was younger, I didn't have a lot of help. Uh, I had built this narrative around myself that I was like, you know, like I had to do it all myself and didn't have these sort of institutions or things to help land me. And that's not true. It's it's a romantic way of thinking of yourself. You know, I think it's I think you can get you can wallow in self-pity and think it's just me on my own out there trying to make my own way. And the truth of the matter is there's a million little things and a little, million little people who are rooting for you and helping you and doing little pieces. And like sometimes it doesn't look like the big dramatic like thing that you're resentful of somebody else having but it's all there and it's all kind of like it actually all is part of what gets you to where you are and i think to the girl who feels like she's disappearing i would say or to the girl who's running to a place where she can be seen maybe you don't have to run maybe there's someone there right now who sees you yep and maybe yep oh yeah i like this idea of building a narrative around yourself that maybe is not accurate and maybe you can if you begin to deconstruct the narrative then you can see the actual truth around you oh i like that the freedom of living longer is that you're allowed to change it like you're allowed to like that's what i thought then i don't have to think that anymore i can let that go i don't have to be burdened by that like as a guy who like i think you can tell from that story a huge chip on his shoulder i think you spend the first half of your life building that chip and then you if you maybe a wise thing to do is to spend the second half dismantling it yeah you can change your story you can you can you can see yourself a different way this is all very the velvet rage right now have you read that book (laughs) no everybody tells me to read it and i this is not uh like i don't need to (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes you do (laughs) no i understand like again to medicine i understand that some people's medicine that they need but i was like i did not i i you do need to read that book (laughs) (laughs) i recommend the velvet rage even though it's not my story and i do feel it to be very like white centric and based in a certain kind of gay male experience i think it's critical reading for any gay of a certain age no that's you know fair the fair fair fair. i don't don't mean to say i don't need to read it that's a uh (laughs) don't need to (laughs) (laughs) I want to do two things with you before our time here together is complete. I've pulled a Prism Oracle card for our day that should align with Girl Disappearing. It literally jumped out of the deck. I did it while you were talking. And I'm going to turn it over now. And it is Sweetness. Oh, what a cute card. It's from the Pink Family of Cards. And I'm going to read this to you. You ready? I'm ready. This card is a signal to savor the sweet moments in life and to remember them when things get rough. The small things in life are often the sweetest, but they easily go unnoticed. Sweetness is always there if you look for it. This, to me, relates to the person that's running alongside her that she's not noticing. You know, if you take a moment to look around you, then maybe you will see the love pouring out for you. I can't relate it to the song. You can if you try hard enough. But uh, and this, please don't think me a hippie. Sometimes I'll be out for like a walk and there'll just be a moment where... The sun feels nice. There's a breeze and you just feel the wind like touch you. For a second, I'm in my body and my body feels like a pleasant place to be like, oh, I'm in the sun. And I think very few moments deliver pure happiness. 
And it's not like it will sustain you for the rest of the day. It's just, you know, a tiny moment when you're in your body is sweetness. You know, there's like, ah, oh. you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't, I don't want to say, Hey, it's free, but it's like it's available to you. Yeah. If I were to say right now, Oh, you know, one of the things that makes me happy is one of the things I like best is, is just when those moments occur and they're not connected to success accomplishment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And it's available to you. I like that. It's available to everyone. I have one last thing I want to do with you. I have this book called 14,000 Things to Be Happy About. And since I know you will be devastated when I'm off the show as your daily listener of Never Shut Up, and it'll be, don't worry, Rose will be here. Everything will be okay. But whenever you miss me, I want to give you something to be happy about in my pl- in place of me. So I'm going to thumb through this book. You're welcome. I'm thumbing through this book, and you just tell me when to stop. No, not, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Okay. Uh, everyone, uh, everyone. Uh, oh, you know what? You're, we're getting close. Oh, uh, no, I, I think that's it. That's it. There we are. Okay. There we are. Okay. Now, left or right? Uh, left. Left. Okay. I'm running my finger up and down the page until you tell me to stop. Stop. Okay. <laughs> All right. Whenever... Stop. 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 <laughs> Whenever you feel like you miss me and you feel that you need something to take your mind off of the deep sadness that you're feeling. Just think of small painted wicker baskets filled with daisies and it'll give you the same feeling as if you were listening to my voice. Small wicker baskets, small painted wicker baskets filled with daisies. You know, daisy might be my favorite flower. My favorite flower is the calla lily. Oh, you know what? I always say daisy, but like it's a close second with the calla lily because as a kid, I just thought those were. Oh, I my God. Were... I didn't realize they were the flower of death. I was going to say they're also the most goth flower. Yeah, I guess I was also goth. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, our time here is over. I have to uh, say goodbye, old pal. Uh, You've been a well, perfect I, friend. You know what? I'm so glad to have been your guest uh, oh. as you made your, I'm going to call it your victory lap. Oh, my God. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. That's really great. Jack, thank you for being here. Ah, thank you, Ethan. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Say bye. Bye. Oh, my God.
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. <laughs>